Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, welcome to another episode of Is that scary? It was a bit scary, yeah. Um, or just funny. <laughs> sorry, I was like, I, for a second, basically what happened, as I predicted, is I went to say hello, and then my cat ran in the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I knew it would happen. <laughs> they just have such FOMO. I know. Oh, they do. It's weird, they're like lap cats. They like follow me from room to room. It's mm-hmm. like bizarre. Oh, I just have cats like that as well. He's like a dog. He's more like a dog than a cat. He just runs about after them. Yeah, that's so cute. Um, how are, how are you? Well, I'm good. I'm Olivia. Forgot oh, and I'm Lauren. <laughs> the reason I'm saying that is because lots of people, well, lots of people, a couple of people have said they couldn't tell the difference between us on the podcast. Um, I don't hear. I don't, I don't hear. I think you sound. I think we're quite distinctive, but I guess I don't know. Is is are they from here? No, no. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, but I'm good, thank you. I've had a very relaxing weekend. I went for afternoon tea yesterday, and then for a massage. <laughs> You're such a fabulous bougie life, like. <laughs> and I had the most baller Thai food and then fell asleep I after well that sounds amazing um I was gonna have like a pamper night last night but I ended up not I ended up watching like a bunch of quizzes with my mom (laughs) online um not online on tv but um yesterday I think I said last episode I was going to be going to the wee witchy shop it's I think it's called the wee witch shop in in Wishaw which is not far from where I live so cute is it yeah it's really nice um i bought a new um a new deck of cards they're called like the animal apothecary and i need to learn a bit more about them but do you remember when we went to that sound bath right Mm -hmm. and the woman was like oh um here's 
pick a card and stuff and it came out as like you know a bear or an eagle or whatever it's okay. kind of like that but think you use it for decision making so if you've got like a list of things that you want to make a decision on and stuff like that you bring you use the cards to like guide you through that decision and the cards are like you know say it's a lion and it's like take a risk or whatever so it's they're but they're really beautifully illustrated um so I'm, I'm excited for them and I also bought a blue stone I don't know which one it is but it was for love oh I love that I know obsessed well I have been using the cards you got me Oh. me and Emma like every time mm-hmm. over, we'll just tarot read each other they were a gorgeous deck I have to they're say they're so pretty they're so pretty um so we've been asking questions and answering them and they're so pretty I love them love them I'd love to know how to actually just read them without there's such a good wee book that's got all the meanings on them so mm-hmm. you can just look at them but I would love to know like being an intuitive reader ah, to just know off the top of my head it'd be so cool yeah I am um, I was listening to Vet Fielding talking about because she's got a really cool um she's got like two episodes about tarot reading do you like so, a, do you like a vet fielding I love a vet fielding I love it have you ever mentioned that before on the podcast? no I haven't um and I'm glad I highlighted by keeping <laughs> you to repeat that um no I literally like I love her, as as everyone knows, I'm sure if you listen to the podcast. But they had two episodes, and one was talking about, like, in depth, how to intuitively read the cards and stuff. It was, like, it's really good. And I think her daughter is also, like, a Wicca witchy lassie. So she can do tarot, I think. So I love it. You should listen to it, though. I will listen to it. I will. There's loads of stuff I need to listen to. I've been listening to a lot of Sinisterhood recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that. My current fixation is that. Um, became a patron patreon a patron um so i get ad free ones and they've got all loads of bonus episodes so it was worthwhile buying into them and they're nice girls it comes across like i like them and i like true crime and cocktails girls i think they're like very nice true crimey people which not yeah one is yeah you know and morbid they come across like nice girls as well I like, yeah, I've always liked Morbid, but having said that, I've not been, li- I've not listened to them for about, I don't know, like six months. I've not listened to the ages. Um, Probably because I noticed that they, because they'd been, they'd obviously gone to Wondering, and I said this before, like, they obviously have to churn out a lot of content now, and I just feel, I hope they've got, like, lots of researchers, because you just can't get, you can't get it out weekly or twice weekly, like, with that yeah. level, it's just impossible, like, so. Yeah, 100%. Lots of different ones. I like. I really like Sinisterhood. They're my favorite podcast at the moment. I definitely have listened to them before. I love how we're like plugging all these other like, <laughs> podcasts. And I know you're listening to someone else's. <laughs> um, but yes, no, and also before we get into the episode, so obviously, as we said in previous episodes, Lauren's going to come over to Belfast very soon. We're going to the Cumberland Road Jail. Emma is terrified. She is physically like terrified we went for afternoon tea yesterday and she was like i'm so scared i'm so scared something follows us home or there's gonna be something bad or possessed and i was like it wouldn't it's absolutely not gonna happen like we're fine yeah actually that worried oh my god yeah and i was like do you know what we're fine we're gonna we're gonna be protected bring crystals if we're worried but i was like i wouldn't let any ghosts get near you i don't think no no of course not i'll have like all the crystals um should you explain who emma is by the way have you formally said because she's going to be Oh, yeah. episode so you should probably 
Yes. Just so, <laughs> my best friend over here. She is from Northern Ireland and she has all these wonderful stories and facts about Irish folklore, which is what our episode on, if you've clicked on it. And it's very fascinating. And it's actually super similar to a lot of our folklore in Scotland. A lot of it is yeah. over it does overlap. But I, I do feel like Irish people are much better at embracing it. Yeah. It's still a part of their culture a lot more than it is in ours. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like that shop yesterday, I really loved it because obviously when I lived in people, they used to go into the witch shop there all the time, or not the witch shop, but the you know, the wiccany shop. Um but it's nice to see that there's more like alternate not alternative healing stores, but you know, that type of pagan kind of shops are like popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um and the people that were in that shop yesterday were like so varied. There was like people that I there's like, you know, people you just didn't expect to see in and they were really invested in it, which was nice to see. Love it. I absolutely love it. And also I feel like we're now like realizing that the the banishment and is that hard? Yeah. It is, isn't it? Like the banishment and disregard for things like paganism and Wicca and being a witch is the patriarchy. And now there's an uprising of women like, nah, I'm a witch. Totally. And it makes so much more sense to follow paganism because it's like, well, obviously modern Christian or or what, what became Christianity is just bastardized paganism do you know what i mean it's like all the all the holidays all the ritual stuff sometimes is, you know so absolutely and like listen you can we can all coexist peacefully but it's nice to see that they still have that part, part of their culture here and i wish we had it more at home yeah maybe we should start a revolution and, and i think yeah. that we should because I'll, I'll touch on this in this part of the episode but like a lot of the people here who would believe in stuff like that are christian like it doesn't mean you're one or the other it's kind of yeah. like min- like co-mingled into it um mm-hmm. but the match here is so spooky and so sad if it's picking up um <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, very interesting. So Emma is going to be on the second half of this episode. Um, she's got a personal story that she's told me, which is really interesting about kind of folklore that she's experienced. And she's going to chat about other stuff she's known and heard about. Because when I spoke to her, I was like, I would love to have you on to talk about stuff. And she was like, I don't really know that much. But then went on to tell me loads of stories that she did know. <laughs> so it's like, you do, you know more than us about Irish folklore. So it, it's enough to be an expert it's, sometimes it's nice to hear other people's perspective as well like you know and a different accent for everyone and a different accent for other people to be like oh my god <laughs> it's from our kiwis and our aussies and americans and canadians because often we will get are you irish won't we yeah but yeah yeah totally um but no i'm looking forward to hearing emma later on mm-hmm. and then we're going to come in jail and this can be like Emma can listen to this to know that she will be safe. Like I was like Emma, in all honesty, you should be more worried about paying for a quid for nothing to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like that's far more likely. That's what I was thinking as well. I mean, it will be worth it. Is it Honestly, it'll be spooky for Halloween. But I don't. I don't think. I don't think anything is going to happen. And if it does, I don't think it's going to follow us home. We wouldn't let it follow us home. It was really no. cool because when I was chatting to her, and Emma has ADHD as well. And we went out for dinner the other night and I, I hadn't taken my ADHD meds. <laughs> it was so funny, you can so tell, because we're like, 
Um, and she was like, I'm worried that, you know, there's something evil that might follow me home. And I was like, well, just don't even think it. Like, just don't even let that in your mind. She went, yeah, but I got intrusive thoughts. And I was like, I'll tell you. <laughs> just stop the intrusive God, thoughts. It's going to be so much fun going over. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll both be fine. You know, we've been to lots of, well, separately, we've been to lots of locations like this. And, you know, just take protection. Connie. We will be fine. And, I, and there's a meditation that I, on the app that I use. It's about protecting your energy. You can like visualize a shield. We'll do that with her before we go. We'll be fine. Oh, yeah. We should totally do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to go. I'm excited to do all the other cool things we're thinking about doing when we're over there as well. I know. Will we quickly touch upon it before we. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. What are the things you would love to do over here? Well, I would really, if we have time, I would really like to do the past life thing if we can. Well, I'm actually seeing that lady on Tuesday again, so I can ask her. Amazing. See if she's got space. Wait, well, you can tell me off camera, I suppose, but I'm going to ask where it is just so we can plan it. Um, but yeah, I'm up for afternoon tea as well. I know it's exp- expensive, but... It wasn't bad for what you got. It's worth it. Um, And it was just so lovely, like a lovely setting. We, it would be really good if we did that. And the afternoon tea, we're going to Crumlin Road Jail. And also there's a really nice place for lunch nearby here that I think you would like. So I think we can go there. So it'd be very fun. But it is definitely getting into spooky season, isn't it? Like it's definitely colder. Yeah. I'm loving it. Are you? Yeah. I'm actually so pleased. It's my birthday as well in like a couple of weeks' time. It is. And it's my ne- and it's my nephew's birthday, like two days yeah. after mine, his first ever birthday. So I'm like excited for that. I'm really pleased that he was born in autumn as well. Like like literally like the spooky month. Like it's like quite perfect because he'll be a Libra and like Libras are a class. I have is a Libra. Your, so that's your birthday, your nephew's birthday. I've got one of my oldest friends' birthday that month, my sister's birthday that month my friend over here's birthday that month oh my god so many libras so many so many um but yeah i'm buzzing for it see today if once i finish shoveling my mum's stones out the front i'm literally gonna watch practical magic later a pumpkin mug like it's just a white minimalist pumpkin but i'm like i'm a witch I'm a witch. I'm a witch (laughs) i'm like all right (laughs) from a pumpkin slicing it like living my life I've never tried that (gasps) I don't know if it'd be up your street because you know what I'm like with sweet stuff yeah I'm such a black coffee person I don't like try it try it you know what when we're over I'll get it you can try mine or I can make you one I've got coffee machine so I can make you one um but it's so funny when we're out afternoon tea and I promise I will get onto this soon um (laughs) Emma was like you're gonna get a glass of Prosecco and I was like I just just don't really like Prosecco like I just don't like it I I would drink it if somebody handed it to me like I wouldn't go out my way to buy it yeah and she's like what would you drink then I was like just really like sweet rosy oh god I'm just such I know I'm such a child with drinks (laughs) so yes so this week's on Irish folklore and I'm sure a lot of people will have heard a lot about these things. A lot of it does have quite a lot of overlap with my Fairies of Scotland episode. It's quite similar vibes. Mm-hmm. And I find it very interesting. Very, very So interesting. do I. Love stuff like that. So Irish folklore, when I say those words, what image would you have in your mind? Um, I guess like similar 
to well in general similar to scottish folklore like you know changelings banshees you know cats black cats running about the place that sort of oh, thing that, yeah i know i think i think banshees and leprechauns when i hear irish folklore yeah that's yeah. what i normally think of other stuff like fairies i think of as like a celtic like both ireland and scotland thing mm-hmm. you have different names but similar things for a banshee mm. but irish folklore is the tales and legends that have been passed on from generation to generation throughout the whole of ireland and these include dances songs of important occasions like weddings weeks birthdays traditional holidays all of the things I've mentioned could be considered a part of Irish folklore. But it wasn't until 1846 that the word folklore was actually a word, which is quite interesting. So it was coined by an English writer called William Toms, and it was used to describe the manners, customs, observances, superstitions, ballads, and proverbs of the olden time. Mm. I love that. Lovely. BRB, going to listen to Folklore by Taylor Swift. (laughs) Like I, like, I don't do that all the time anyway. So, <laughs> the first thing I'm going to talk about is fairies. So, if you'd want to hear more about the specifically Scottish fairies, there is an episode on that if you want to go back and have a little look. Um, but the main Irish definition of Irish folklore, a lot of people do say it is mainly about fairies. The belief in fairies, which is pronounced as seed, I think. Um, sorry if I'm butchering that. Uh, is completely widespread throughout all of Ireland. The Irish poet Yeats has divided the fairies into categories and or species. Traditionally, though, Irish fairies are in two categories, and these would be the fairy race and solitary fairies. So the race of the fairy people, which is pronounced Aos-She, were thought to be the descendants of Tuatha de Danann, a godlike race who came to Ireland and basically took over the country. They are described as human-sized, very, very beautiful, elegant, powerful, very in tune with nature, and kind of similar to what we would picture in modern day as elvish. Like, I think kind of mm. imperial, Lord of the Rings, Legolas vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Legolas. <laughs> Legolas. Anyway, um, sorry. Solitary fairies are exactly what they sound like and instead of living together and flourishing together in a little tribe in their little race solitary fairies are isolated they stay away from humans and they stay away from other fairies they do tend to come out at night solitary fairies are a huge part of Irish folklore and a lot of things that we wouldn't necessarily think are fairies are fairies that we would know Hmm. one type of Irish fairy is the banshee so she is I'm sure everyone's heard of a banshee there's like the phrase screaming like a banshee you remember my dad said um so she is kind of seen as kind of like a female um grim reaper in a way she's a death messenger and she will scream the top of her lungs over someone's death and this is associated with keening which is a celtic practice so we would both do that, Scotland and Ireland, would both be involved in keening. And keening is basically to mourn people, you would use your voice, you would scream about that. And it's quite fascinating. And I'm going to go in a little bit more depth in that later, but she is a type of fairy, which is 
so cool I didn't know that was Jeff Fay mm. and another well recognized fairy in Irish folklore is the leprechaun did not know that was a uh, fairy he is a kind of solitary fairy because he only appears by himself. And there is other famous solitary fairies. And also the changeling is perpetrated to be a fairy in Irish folklore. Fairies are also connected with the traditional Irish belief in a place called the other world or the, the other side in other cultures. I find this so cool. And it's it's called Anseol Isle in traditional Irish. And that's basically the other world. Hawthorn trees in particular are known as fairy trees and these are where people believe fairy races reside and if you tampered or disturbed these sites that is huge disrespect to the fairy race and mm -hmm. bitch you've got a mark on your back you've got an x on your back by the fairies you probably go into this but like isn't it like it's so steeped in the culture in Ireland that like literally if they're building like a motorway they won't do certain things if it goes through like a woods or whatever because they're worried about it upsetting the fairies, which I think is wild, but also really good. I like it. I'm like, do you know what? I'm not going to do any harm to keep the trees there. They're like, no way am I cutting that tree down. Keep the tree. Anyway. Save the trees. Save the trees. The hawthorn tree um, is very sacred in Irish culture. The lone hawthorn tree is also known as the main tree and it's considered a, a fairy playground. And there's patches underneath where people say that there's almost like, not a crop circle, but a worn down area where fairies have been dancing. And that's why the grass is shorter underneath it. Hmm. And also in Irish folklore, fairy mounds are, are felt to be where they would reside. And they're also called fairy forts or fairy hills. And these are called Ios She or Deonhe She. <laughs> Oh my god, Emma is screaming at me. I can feel it. <laughs> and yes, these are like little forts that, that fairy people would live in. Hmm. There's sometimes believed to be a moat around these in some places to protect the fairies from people. Um, I'm going to go a little bit more into the other world now that I mentioned before, the concept of another world, also known as the other side. And in kind of European folklore, it involves religious and myth mythological and metaphysical concepts such as a realm of supernatural beings and the realm of the dead and there's different variances on this with different cultures and religions throughout the world but the main point is the same as that spirits kind of can pass through the two different worlds and there's different layers of existence really and it's usually along an axis 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 mm -hmm. This might be a huge tree, it might be a river, mountains, things like that. In Celtic, specifically mythology, the other world is a realm, realm of deities and possibly the dead. It's usually a supernatural realm and it involves the everlasting youth, vitality, health, abundance, joy, and it's described as a parallel world that exists alongside this world or as a kind of above the earth, under the earth or beyond the sea, heavenly kind of land. It's quite elusive, but apparently mythical creatures do visit it through chance or if they're invited by someone who already lives there. They reach it by going to ancient burial grounds, caves, going underwater or across the sea. Some people find themselves in the other world and it's through the appearance of a mist or if a supernatural being presents themselves or an animal they wouldn't 
recognize another worldly woman might invite someone which who they would describe as a hero it's felt to be quite an honor to be invited to the other world and they would offer an apple or a silver apple branch specifically mm. and it's reached by in- entering ancient burial mounds as well like i said and these were known as she which that means other world dwellings and these were also dwellings of the god apparently in mythology the gods retreated into these when um the gaelics took ireland from them by the way a lot of this makes me feel like a dick for being from the uk <laughs> i feel like that's a common theme in a lot of countries colonizing yeah. <laughs> yeah um and in some tales obviously like i said it can be entered by crossing the sea or generally in any body of water so lakes lochs pools the sea and sometimes instead of an apple or with the apple the other worldly women will promise love in exchange for help in battle and it often tends to be two men and he'll follow her and they go over into the sea together and aren't seen anymore so wow I find it quite fascinating. But if you had like a beautiful woman who was ethereal, like, come on, you'd probably just want to go, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I'd be like, yeah. just take me down. But there is a darker side of this. So there's another worldly realm called Tech Duin, which translates to House of Dawn or House of the Dark One. This realm is believed to house the souls of the dead and they're condemned to remain there forever or that remain there as a final destination after traveling from other places but they may be reincarnated after Don, named from the house of Don, is a god of the dead he's ancestor of the Gaelic people so it's kind of like almost not hell, it's not as bad but it doesn't sound as fun as the gorge gal, you know <laughs> Um. so little bit about religion in Ireland and we kind of touched upon it when we were chatting about it when Christianity was first brought over to Ireland this was in the fifth century and it was by Christian missionaries they were still not able to remove the this folklore that had been embedded in culture for years and the beliefs in things like fairies and whilst the folklore did not remain untouched myths and Christian beliefs have been combined so Irish folklore kind of has these Christian basis a basis of in christianity and ideals mm-hmm. but would still remain believing in things like fairies the banshee and stuff like that the introduction of christianity also changed the importance of some beliefs and kind of gave them a new place in folklore so fairies for example before christianity came over would have been perceived as pretty godlike figures but now they're kind of seen just as magical less important than they would have been before the introduction of Christianity and Mm -hmm. so a fusion of the legends has been witnessed since the introduction of it. One major example of this which I'll go into more detail towards the end is the existence of the legend of St Patrick Mm. and he is a central figure in Ireland and the Irish church and also in fairy folklore so I'll go more into that later guys and in current day folklore, which is still spoken about, is pretty openly discussed. There is a strong absorption of Christianity, their beliefs and their morality, and it's kind of a singular brand of fairy tale tradition. Capitalism has also had an effect on Irish folklore. Um, 
it's kind of almost helped in some ways by overcoming spatial barriers and it makes it easier for different cultures within Ireland to kind of merge into one another. An example of this would be Halloween. So that was all All Hallows Eve in traditional Irish folklore, but that's kind of been combined and westernised and is fairly, what's the word I'm looking for? Like commercialised. Commercialised, that's what I mean, like commercial now. We, we would all celebrate, or a lot of people would celebrate Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, but since the introduction of all these things, unfortunately, there has been a marked decline um, in these Gaelic traditions and Gaelic language itself. Irish tradition now and Irish folklore now is mainly an oral tradition and it's just sad. It's just kind of passed on through families, generations, but it's not really taught. Yeah. How people would feel about being taught it anyway, but you know what I mean. Mm. So let's chat about the Banshee. So the Banshee comes from um, Old Irish, which translates to fairy woman or woman of the fairy mound she is known as a death caller basically so she will scream wail shriek or keen like I mentioned before whenever there is a death of usually a family member of the person who hears it and her name is connected specifically to mounds that dot throughout the whole Irish countryside She has quite different appearances to different people. Sometimes she has long, beautiful flowing hair. Often she can be seen combing that. Whereas some legends say that she only screams whilst combing her hair, which is a weird thought. She Mm -hmm. has to wear a green dress, have red eyes from crying so hard, and wears a grey coat over it. Sometimes she has been seen being dressed in white and she'll have long flowing red hair red hair and look very pale very ghastly ghastly darling ghastly ghastly (laughs) and the size of the banshee also differs between different accounts so some say that she's unnaturally tall others say that she's unnaturally short and these have been described anywhere between one and four feet when she's short this exceptional shortness goes alongside a description of her looking more like an old woman and this might be intended also by discouragers of the folklore that it's to emphasize her state as a fairy. But sometimes she does assume the form of somebody young, somebody beautiful. It's actually described as a sweet singing virgin, which fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> she has been given basically the mission, the power to be the warner of oncoming doom that's fun she will be seen at night often and she's often shrouded and crouched and she'll be veiled in her face crying like a lot of the people when I read about it who said that they had heard it or accounts of it historical accounts say that like it sounds like her voice box is going to die like it's the loudest horrible wail you'll ever hear like a shriek almost and it's very mournful you hear it and think that's sad. So in Ireland and in parts of Scotland, this would have been a traditional part of the mourning process after somebody died. And she may be called a keening woman in Ireland and Scotland. And keening is a practice of, like I said, basically shrieking or singing, using your voice when somebody died. 
but the Irish legend speaks of something being sung by the banshee or wailed by the banshee to predict death rather than as a mourning process. Mm. He's about to enter a uh, dangerous situation that they might not come out of. She will warn you by screaming. And I I think she's the real MVP in some ways, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like foreboding, isn't it? Like, it's almost like a warning that something's coming. Like, you know how, like you're saying, they shriek after people died. Maybe that's what they're, they're like, this is what's going to happen kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is she, she, I think, um, is she different from the woman that's like, there's like a water woman in Ireland as well that's kind of similar to the Banshee where... I think if you see her face that she she comes and kills you or or something like that or you talk for a kiss I don't know I can't remember I'll need to look this up she is different but Emma's going right? to talk about that in her part ah she, okay sorry there's a, there's a lake near her oh cool That'd be very interesting um the banshee can also sometimes be seen in a death coach which takes her to where she'll scream or she tr- walks along beside it which is weird what's the point gal um do you but, remember that Sorry to interrupt. Do you remember that episode of uh, Ghost Adventures when they were in Ireland? Yes. And they heard that sound in the woods. I, th- by the way, that is the scariest episode ever, by the way. Everyone should watch it. The one where they're in the Hellfire Club, that one. Yeah, and then like they're getting into the car and they're talking about like the claws because him with the beard, I can't even mind his name. What's his name? Aaron. 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 He's like, he felt some claws on the top of his head and he's like describing it in the car or whatever and then they hear this woman's voice in the woods like in the middle of nowhere go no like that do you remember that yeah i do i also remember the guy oh, yeah. who was in the hellfire caves that was like talking really irish and they were like oh, oh God, that's so funny <laughs> and the devil <laughs> i want to say his name's john and john and i <laughs> that we don't deserve <laughs> anyway sorry so if several branches would appear at once, it means somebody very holy or somebody very powerful or great is going to die. Oh. Some tales say that this woman, the banshee that presents us, was a murdered woman or a woman who died in childbirth and is kind of a ghost. And her wail is so piercing in some parts of Ulster Scots and some parts of Scotland that apparently she shattered glass before. That's horrible, but I thought you were going to say something else there. <laughs> what did you think? I was shot them, shot ourselves. Is that what you thought? Imagine <laughs> shot themselves. They were screaming so hard. <laughs> probably did. To be fair, imagine pulling and doing that. 100%. Sorry. Um, in Scottish folklore, just as a kind of overlap, the ban. Oh, we've tried this before. Ban <laughs> Nyahichin. Or Naig Nahath, which translates to little washerwoman or little washer at the fold, is seen washing bloodstained clothes or bloodstained armours of people who are about to die. And there's ah, right. a similar one in Welsh folklore. But like I said, Emma did have a wee story about that. So she can chat about her experience with that. And there's also evidence that banshees have been found in Nordic literature. And the next thing I'm going to talk about, and I'm so sorry, like I'm trying my best, is Tuatha de Danan. That's another supernatural being in Irish mythology. And this translates to the folk of goddess Danu. I'm going to, I was going to tell you about the earlier name, but I don't think I have it anyway. So early medieval Irish writers would call them godmen or god kindreds. And this was to avoid calling them gods, but they are depicted as kings, queens, warriors, healers, heroes who would have 
supernatural immortal powers basically and there's several mem members of this that are all in Irish and I can't, I can't. <laughs> they are said to be able to control how fertile the land in Ireland is and apparently in old Gaelic Gaelic people had to establish a friendship with this being before they could start making or raising crops or herbs and they do dwell in the other world that I mentioned but they would interact with humans and our human world as well they're specifically associated with certain places in certain burial mounds and places that in the previous part that I told you that would felt to be entrances to the other world so like water mm. things like that they can hide themselves with a magic mist and they are felt to have traveled from the very north of the earth but then have been forced to live in the underground after the coming of the Irish. People who wrote about it often were Christians so they said that these beings were fallen angels or neutral angels who didn't side with God or Satan and were being punished to dwell on earth because of that. They also felt that some humans, there were some ancient humans who were skilled in magic. It is a punishment to be on earth, by the way. I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> like you're never leaving. Oh! There's also warrior goddesses that are felt to kind of fall into this category, which goals. They guard battlefields and often will fight in battle. The main goddesses were the Battle of Morrigan, the Maka, and the Bad. Bad? The Golden. Um, another folklore legend which has a lot of connotations similar to Scottish folklore is a sea serpent monster and it's called the uh -huh. Feast and all means great and peace means worm in old traditional Irish and these monsters are felt to live in many of the bodies of water in Ireland and there are Folklore passed, there's folklore passed through in generations that saints fought them or heroes fought them. And in one story, the office cuts the root of the River Shannon when it hears that St. Patrick has came to drive it out of Ireland. So <laughs> there's a funny the story. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so the monster is said to have swallowed a drunken bagpiper named O'Rourke. And the guy is so drunk that apparently he's completely unaware that he's in his stomach and is like vibing and in some cases will continue to play bagpipes inside the stomach. And <laughs> the monster became so annoyed with the music that it coughs him up and spits him out. And it believes that this story and also the bagpipes and stuff is the influence and the origin of the legend of the Loch Ness monster. Oh, right. So, um, I'll talk about it more in another part but like there's a legend that St Patrick that's which is why I mentioned him in the story drove snakes out of Ireland but then there's loads of historians like there was never snakes <laughs> there was like, yeah. was, there's no snakes to drive out there was never snakes <laughs> <laughs> so funny um so now I'm going to talk about the leprechaun so this is something we would all have heard of heard of and borderline cultural appropriation around the world of this Oh um, god, yeah. He's an example of a solitary fairy that I spoke about. They are usually thought of and depicted of as little bearded men wearing a coat and a hat that's often green, and they're kind of seen as mischievous, playful, practical jokers. 
They are also felt to be shoemakers who have a hidden pot of gold that lands at the end of a rainbow. And they are kind of rarely seen in old Irish mythology and only became prominent later on in the 1880s. Oh, right. They're solitary creatures. They are shoemakers for their occupation. And they also love a wee practical joke, so they do. And apparently he wasn't... If somebody in 1880 felt like he had seen the leprechaun, and he said, no, no, he wasn't a professional shoemaker. He actually just runs about causing so much mischief, he keeps ruining his bloody shoes. So he kept <laughs> having to mend them, so the shoes he was mending were his own. He was just pranking so hard that he kept wearing out his shoes. <laughs> Is so the leprechaun a raging icon? <laughs> it's like, I need to fix my shoes again, eh? Because yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing so much mischief. <laughs> no, I love that. Wearing my shoes. Didn't so I am. <laughs> so in older folklore, apparently leprechaun wore red, not green as we would describe it as today. He was seen wearing red. He was styled with gold and he had a cocked hat and shoes with buckles on them. And in Yeats, some of Yeats' uh, descriptions of solitary fairies, such as Leprechaun, he also said they wear jackets, whereas trooping fairies or fairy races wore green instead. He has seven rows of buttons with seven buttons on each row. Have you ever heard that as well about the seventh son of the seventh son of the seventh son is felt to be bad luck or something? Uh, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, Who has seven yeah. sons? A very wee woman. <laughs> yeah. So he is felt to stand about three feet high. He has red breeches with buckles at the knee, grey or black stockings, a hat, and kind of is in the style of old-fashioned clothes. And around his neck, he has a ruffle, an old Elizabethan ruffle. And... Um, on the west coast where it rains constantly. He can use it as an Well, he's pranking. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of people feel that you might cross him on the road and people say they yeah. I'd love it if you saw, like, a, a leprechaun today and he's just wearing, like, a sweet pair of, like, Air Jordans or whatever. And he's like, he's like yeah. Leprechaun. Like, you will never talk shit about me again. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like I just gave in. <laughs> yeah, you will never talk about shit with me again. <laughs> so I'm going to speak about Saint Patrick now. Whoop, whoop. So he was a fifth century Christian missionary, and he was a bishop in Ireland. He is well known as the primary patron saint of Ireland. He was the apostle of Ireland, and although he was never formally canonized, this was because he lived before current laws in the Catholic Church that would have had him canonized. He is venerated as a saint in the Catholic Lutheran churches, as well as Church of Ireland in the Eastern Orthodox Church. His birthday and his death date are unknown. However, historians believe he was active as a missionary in Ireland in the 5th century. He was born at the end of the Roman rule of Britain. Um, his birthplace isn't known. Some people place it in what is now England. There's also a theory that he was born in Kilpatrick in Scotland. Um, according to tradition from the Middle Ages, he was the first Bishop of Armagh, a primate of Ireland, and is credited with bringing Christianity over to Ireland. And he converted the pagan society in the process. Uh, the 
thanks, thanks for nothing. I'm like, some of them love it. Uh, the parent burial place, which I've driven past a few times, is in Downpatrick. So it's not a place you'd think it would be, but anyway. And he had an autobiographical publication. I don't even know if you'd call it that, because it's handwritten in the fifth century when he was 16. He reported he's been capped captured by Irish pirates from his home in Great Britain on the mainland, taken as a slave over to Ireland. He lived there for six years as an animal herder before escaping and returning to his family in Britain. He returned back to Ireland later on to spread Christianity, and particularly in Northern and Western Ireland. In later life, he did begin work as a bishop, but we didn't know where he worked. But by the turn of the seventh century, he was already revered as the patron saint of Ireland. His feast day is observed on the 17th of March, Apparently this is his birthday, but like I said, there isn't actually any documentation that it is. But it is wildly celebrated in Ireland and amongst other places as a fun holiday. And it's kind of supposed to be a mixed celebration. A lot of people say that it's uh, meant to be a kind of solemn occasion, his death and things, but then other people celebrate it. And obviously a lot of people get a bit lit on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yep. That's kind of what I would think of it as. Um, so I'm just going to talk about, there's so many little legends associated with St. Patrick, so I've picked a few of my faves. So the first I'm going to talk about is St. Patrick using a shamrock. So St. Patrick is depicted holding a shamrock in a stained glass window in St. Benin's Church, County Galway, Ireland. The legend says that Patrick was teaching Irish people about the doctrine of the Holy Trinity, and this was shown to them through the shamrock, a three-leaf plant, and this is meant to show the three persons in one God. The, the, what's the three things? Something, something, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I didn't put it in because I was like, I remember that. I went to Catholic school, I didn't. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> The second thing I'm going to talk about, which I have already touched upon, is Ireland was well known to be a land without snakes. And this has been noted as early as the third century. However, St. Patrick has somehow been credited with banishing snakes from Ireland. Interestingly, there's never been any historical documentation of any snakes. And there's a guy called Nigel Monaghan, who is the keeper of natural history, of the National Museum of Ireland in Dublin. <laughs> he was like, at no time has there ever been any suggestion of snakes to, in Ireland. There's nothing for him to banish. Yeah, figures. <laughs> the last thing I'm going to talk about is quite pertinent to today. So Patrick and the innkeeper is the next one I'm going to talk about. And this is a legend of where St. Patrick reportedly visited an inn and he completely chastised the innkeeper for being so ungenerous, unkind and uncouth with her guests. He basically went right through her and he told her that a demon is hiding in their cellar. And she said that by being so horrible, she's basically feeding it and it's getting fat. So he said the only way to get rid of that demon is to be not a dick, basically. Get, be a better person. So later on, Patrick goes back to the inn and apparently the innkeeper is now very generous, very kind and serves all of her guests cups of whiskey worth, which are filled right to the brim. And he praises her for her generosity and the demon has completely withered away and has basically gone in a flash of flame. 
And he says that people should have a drink of whiskey on his feast day in memory of this day. And that's where drowning the shamrock comes up from for St. Patrick's Day. And that's why that's why we get quite lit. That's fair. That's fair. It's well, so typical it was a woman though that it was like Oh well, yeah, she was she was outrageous. <laughs> in all countries, the misogyny is wild in the history. It's wild. But yeah. That is my my uh, stories on Irish folklore. Amazing. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. I actually, I, I just love it. Like, Same. if we had a dedicated podcast to do, like, just that type of thing, I would love it. I could have done, you could do a whole literal podcast, not even a podcast episode on St. Patrick alone. There's so much. I know. So much stuff. And then the next part of the episode is going to be chatting with my gal, Emma amazing so i guess we're gonna start recording with emma next Mm -hmm. so we'll move on to that so enjoy this next part of the podcast guys a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Yay, welcome to the second half of this episode where we've got a very special guest. Hi, Emma. Hi. Hi. We're very excited to have her and she is going to tell us lots of fun stories and cures and all stuff like that and we're organizing a witchy weekend all together mm, very exciting yeah mm-hmm. looking forward to it yeah at the end of october yeah mm-hmm. um so how what story would you want to begin with um well i don't i don't know how to really where to start because it's so wide-ranging really isn't it well we said on the when we were recording yesterday the episode of lauren mm-hmm. like we there's a lot of similarities between Irish and Scottish folklore. Mm. Like there's a version of the Banshee and stuff in the Highlands. Oh, is it? But I feel like it's so much more embraced over here. Yeah, I think it's still very a lot of like Irish folklore and folk cures and things are so intrinsic to society here. Like for instance, like my dad was a GP and he would have said, like, you know, he would have prescribed something like an antibiotic and then told them to go and get the cure. So like, it still would have been it's still just, it's just so much and then I was 
out with um, a group of guys at the weekend and one of them was a GP. <laughs> he had said how he would get patients in who would have been for the cure and said, oh, it didn't work. So I'm just going to come and see you. Like, you know, like a GP is the second line of treatment. <laughs> so it's so strange. Wow. And is there people, I'm sure there is, is there people who are like, I was 100% cured by this person? Yeah, like I remember in school, there was like an outbreak of shingles and, or well, whatever, I don't know the proper term for it but um and loads of girls would have gone to this woman she was a witch and she lived like an arma and they he, she said some prayer and got them to smoke sticks and then <laughs> yeah, they just <laughs> they just were like, but different <laughs> yeah. just vape this terrible liquid <laughs> just vape it it's toads <laughs> <laughs> That is so cool. It's mad. And did it work? Mm, well, yeah. That's so weird. I, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. You know, I don't know. Weird is not the right word. I don't mean it that way. It's like very curious. Like, I would love to know what, like, is it the cure? Is it like your mindset being yeah. so powerful that you think you're cured? Definitely. I think mm. it would be interesting to see how much of it is. Mm. Like, oh think about how important like alternative medicines are in like commercial ways you know what I mean because I worked in Holland somewhere for a long time that's still, like, <laughs> okay, like, I'm um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean in fairness like even me today I only use like herbal I never use conventional medicine stuff like that you know what I mean and I remember this woman came in years ago to the shop and she was like she had everything going every medical condition like you know blood pressure blah 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 she was impaired in a lot of different ways and I gave her like loads of different like remedies and stuff and she came in like honestly like a month a couple of months later a few months later and was like everything has changed for me and it was all herbal based it wasn't like even like strong vitamins and things like that so there's something to be said like definitely like I was I know I didn't do like a prayer or anything like that I wonder just to be the irrational Ronald <laughs> the whether like you somebody going to buy vitamins to make themselves better is also making other subconscious yeah. changes that's have also true. made them healthy it's kind of like a knock-on and like yeah and like as nice as way possible like vitamins can heal cancer they can you, do you know yeah yeah there's like all those that have been see infusions and stuff and you're not gonna mistletoe infusions is huge really mm-hmm. mistletoe infusions um there's a study where i went to uni actually that um i feel like this is taking a turn and i'm really sorry but there's a study at my uni where somebody who had stage four cancer that was not responding to radiotherapy, chemotherapy, had surgery, had mistletoe infusions and his cancer's gone. And they're like, we don't know if it helped the chemo work. I don't know if it was like a late effect of the radiotherapy, but now people are mm-hmm. like, I only want mistletoe and not chemo. And they're like, that's not the point. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't know that. I'll have to read about that. After. Yeah. That sounds so interesting. Because it reminds me of, I remember at uni, they um, talked about that there was like a double blind experiment where some patients did get a knee surgery and some patients didn't and the surgeon didn't know until he was in the theater which patients were actually getting knee surgery and which didn't and they did like a study you know a whole post-test on it and they said like you know so many of the patients 
who apparently didn't get any surgery but thought they did get surgery ended up improving like oh my their mobility, god their pee and everything like it's crazy is it your mindset yeah definitely like if you look at i remember they were talking you know the whole like there's that cascade of pain and there's like a gate and there's a huge link with your mind and if you can like overcome like certain barriers I don't yeah know, it doesn't make any sense but yeah it but it does because it wasn't that like in in world war one where people had like um really bad injuries and needed amputations they ran out of morphine and somebody drew up saline and told people it was morphine and they were able to get their legs amputated and be fine but does that not kind of, yeah did you hear about that podcast recently though you know that one um about there was a woman who was a nurse who was addicted to oxycodone or whatever or no what, what what's the drug you know with f fentanyl fentanyl and what was it called that thing anyway retrieved retrieval or something the podcast was and um she she swapped the fentanyl for saline and she was shooting up herself like in the toilets and stuff so all these women who went through their procedures without any um any form of like twilight sedation or anything that's awful isn't it crazy oh my god anyway so she was taking it she was taking it and replacing it with saline isn't that horrible like somebody somebody in like quite a lot of people in scotland have have probably done that well everywhere but i know that there's a nurse somewhere i had worked um that had taken the oxycodone and filled up with water so people (gasps) they were getting oxycodone and filled up with water oh my god that's so dangerous isn't it and Mm. these women were totally gaslighting themselves into thinking you know, maybe I'm just immune to it or like, you know, I need something. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work for me, but whenever really, <clears throat> you know, because like I've had fentanyl. Well, it's definitely so worse. Oh, yeah. No. Like, actually, it doesn't. I've had it was great. Um, yeah, but afternoon tea was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? Why don't you tell the St. Patrick story? Because I love that one. Yeah, you call, keep on calling it St. Patrick story. Is it not St. Patrick? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Padre Pio or something. The rose? Yeah, the rose. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, it's not really anything to do with cures, but I have like. But I love it. A few stories. It's not to do with cures, it's like folklore. Yeah, like folklore. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, my dad had like a stroke whenever I was like 16 or 17 or something and I remember I was like doing my ASs at the time and or whatever the equivalent is yeah it's fun advanced tires but okay we, we and anyway so I was like walking down the corridor um having like studied or whatever and I kept on getting the smell of roses it was really strange and like this bear in mind this is like high dependency unit no flowers allowed blah 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 I remember going in and I was like oh my god like you're not allowed flowers like who the hell's brought this in <laughs> I don't know why like I care but anyway um <laughs> and then my mum and my uncle like looked at each other and they would like keep in mind they're really like fervent Catholics really really just mm. and they like, looked at each other and they're like whoa and nobody else could smell this like nobody else in the whole IC or HD or anything I, I mean this is like overwhelming and then they looked at each other and brought out this relic of Padre Pio and apparently if like you know well it's a double-edged thing it's you know either if death is near people smell roses or if um like mary or somebody is about apparently 
as in person. Yeah. yeah, like, but I think it, what the freaky thing was, what totally freaked me out was like, I was the only person who could smell it. Yes, and it was so strong. So strong. So I strong. You saying that, like, you were almost, it was almost like sickly strong. Oh, right? so strong. Like, yeah, it was really weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, so like in Ireland, that would be a big, big thing. Um, definitely. I was going to say something, I can't remember. Also, as well, we were talking about, um, was there a lady in the lake near you? That is not <laughs> Oh, are you talking about on top of the mountain? Maybe. I think that's like good. <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about the one who walked into the lake? Are you, oh, are you, oh, right. Are you talking about Cuchulain or something? Like if you climb this that one. In mountain. That one. How do you remember all this? Um, anyway, so then you go into the water and this woman, this witch drags you into the water and you come out and you look really old. Anyway, it's not very <laughs> But I was going to actually talk about, um, right, so there's, there's, right, there, we have all these like holy wells and stuff. I'm sure you have them at home as well. Like holy wells where there's like holy water and things. Do we? No. 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 <laughs> no okay. So like, doubt, like, whenever you come over, you should really. We need to go. Yeah, we should do go. like a wee tour of all these weird places. But um, mm-hmm. there's one in. It's quite near Dingle, um, down south, and it's called the Well of the Mal- Mad. And I think it might be something like Well Nagalt or something. Um, but anyway, so if somebody was experiencing like suicidal ideation or like psychosis or something, they would have given people a drink of water from this well. And then years later, like recently enough, they did like chemical analysis in the water and they found like it had significantly higher levels of lithium. So obviously you give lithium to people who have bipolar disorder and things like that. Um, so it just shows you like there's something weirdly intuitive. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, and even earlier, I was thinking, you know, if you have, if you get like a nettle sting, there's dock leaves nearby. Mm. Like, how is it that these things grow like symbiotic? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really weird. But yeah, I think it's really interesting. And then there's another, there's like some church over in Boho in Fermanagh, uh, or Bo, I think it's called. I don't know. Um, if you get like a cut or a graze or a wart, you can take this sand and clay from the, 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 churchyard and rub it on your cut and it like really heals it up and then they oh did God. chemical analysis on it as well and it's antibacterial and antimicrobial and stuff it's got all these weird oh weird properties that's so cool it's weird like i don't know there's something really deeply intuitive about it and i think people are moving back to that kind of thing yeah yeah i think we were saying that when we were recording the first part yesterday that like it's almost more I don't know if acceptable is the right word I'm looking for, but it's okay to go to a witchy shop now. Yeah. See that podcast I've been listening to, Witch from BBC Sounds, they had they were talking about that as well, that it's more prevalent for people to get involved in like alternative therapies and witchcraft and believe in all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's to do with like societies like um what do you call it? Like we don't go to church anymore, we don't have like um like religion and everyday life so people are looking for like a group or like a higher power to worship and it could be the earth or it could be yeah. you, you know the produce of the earth and stuff. I think it can only be positive but they they think that's why that it's much more conventional now or acceptable to be like 
yeah, I'm just a wee down to the witch shop to get my crystals. Like, because <laughs> I was, I was saying to Olivia yeah, when we recorded the first part as well, when I went to the witch shop on Saturday, there was like all these like randoms in. Like, it wasn't like, you know, the typical people that you would see going in. It was like people that didn't really look like they should be there, but they were like really invested in it and they were like asking information and buying their crystals and incense. It was like really interesting, actually. Yeah. yeah. I would love Which is great. That would be amazing. I know. <laughs> that would be the dream. But I think, yeah, I, I definitely think there is a need to be part of something, isn't there? Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, as we aren't as religious and things these days, but I think like, you know, so many of like Christian practices and stuff and so many religious practices do come from pagan rituals. Like, it's mad. So it's yeah. all about absolutely yeah definitely. Um, and also I am like of the mindset like even if it is a placebo if it works who cares yeah, totally mm-hmm. yeah. it's like the whole manifesting and affirmation stuff that we do presumably you do Emma as well <laughs> like it's positive thinking to sort of reinforce like a positive outcome you know like I felt I've been really blocked recently I know it sounds so wanky or whatever but like I have been and Olivia was saying that as well and see after our conversation on Sunday or whenever it was we talked about it like I feel great today like and it, I manifested this morning and like did meditation and stuff like that and it honestly it changes your whole outlook do you know what I mean absolutely and I can remember we all listened to Fran on Love Church came from like and see one episode I listened to when she was like talking about grounding techniques when you put your feet on the ground and like for 15 minutes a day and I'm like do you know what even if it doesn't remove all the electricity or whatever it's meant to do it's definitely not going to do me harm no to be at one and do you remember when we went to the yoga retreat which by the way Lauren would have also loved it was slightly witchy I was like dancing about in the rain and the grass. Like that was so much fun. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed it. Even if we did feel like some people were maybe it a felt bit a bit culty and it felt a bit performative. It was definitely a bit performative, yeah. But, but we it, were just like let's dance. I think we were doing it genuinely. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. there were some people who maybe were doing it because they wanted. I don't know, which is a wee bit annoying. They wanted to be recorded. That it was annoying that they did record. Yeah, the amount of filming going on made it feel very disingenuous. Yeah, definitely. But um yeah it is yeah i was gonna say as well it comes back to that science thing you're talking about because you say people go to those wells and they find there's lithium in it and that's why it's and like it's like the it's like mother nature's like produce actually works to heal us like spending time in the woodland and like dancing about is like scientifically proven to like enhance your senses and your feelings and things like that and like being in nature so it's, it isn't any wonder that like witchcraft was such is still so kind of prominent and uh, not witchcraft itself but like wiccan ritual i suppose is still like prevalent in ireland but i think like ireland was so matriarchal mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. is and i think you know although like our government and the the whole church thing like is so patriarchal i think right so women would have been the witches and women had all the power because that's who you went Mm-hmm. about whatever um and then the church came along and it was all male and it was like oh let's take the power away let's from take women. the power away from the women and burn them and stuff so is there too much of a threat mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. Right, i think we're starting to realize oh you know we're more like intuitive beings and all that kind of thing but um no it's 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 crazy i don't know 
Yeah, but but there's actually a directory of people who have the cures in Ireland. I can send it on to you, specifically like Northern Ireland and stuff. So it'll go like you know you go by your illness and it'll tell you oh you know there's this guy like Ryan Hughes or something and he'll give his number and where he is and you just ring him up and often like they're the seventh son of the seventh son, or oh. you, yeah, or you can like for instance my aunt has a cure for croup. Um, yeah and it's because she married somebody with the same surname so like you know they're not related but they marry you know and she has a cure for that so somebody would come to her house with you know croup and she would give them bread you know it's supposed to be bread she made but she doesn't it's just Mm -hmm. or something (laughs) (laughs) and then worlds (laughs) 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 tiger little for them like <laughs> oh, it's actually got a bit cool mocks club on that. You know, that's why it's better. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, she would give that, and then apparently they they get better. But um, there's actually a book out, Cures of Ireland. It's like just got published like last month, and she has all these different things. So I was thinking I could ask you if you have any illnesses. Oh yeah. Oh, amazing! Yeah. I've got loads. <laughs> <laughs> One that you don't want to share, like you know, your your recurrent vaginitis. Well, I have asthma. Okay, so it says asthma to drink goat's milk or carrot edging, which is seaweed boiled in water. So you boil the seaweed in water and then you drink that. That's what it says. Okay. Weird for both of us, ADHD. I don't think that existed back then. We would have just, <laughs> we would have just <laughs> been locked up in an insane <laughs> The big like there was no TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. But there's all sorts like yeah, like what about, what about thinning hair on a woman? Okay. Hair or being too hair, hair growth, yeah, yeah. Hair growth. So wash with nettle tea. That's interesting, right? Because so teas nettles or have something in them that something to do with collagen or something because I had acne or still do have acne um, and I remember my mum's friend was always told to drink nettle tea because it's got something in it and I did start drinking nettle tea it was just that one um no it was that guy's Dr Stewart's skin purify I don't know you can get it in a certain health food shop and, um, <laughs> the, one, the one that we're not going to get <laughs> and um it really did help like it probably should go back and is that saying wash with it yeah it says to wash your hair with nettle tea which makes sense because it would be a stimulant for your follicles mm. like, like it does make sense i'm a big it? fan of like rosemary oil and like yeah. peppermint oil and stuff for like that as well yeah and and like even if you look at like Dijoxin and stuff came from ferns, didn't it? Foxgloves. Foxgloves. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Foxgloves. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's obviously a hard thing. And that's why like dogs can't eat them and don't eat them because they intuitively know they shouldn't eat it. And warfarin was rat poison. It's not, that's not a good example. <laughs> <laughs> what? But what did it come from? Rat poison? It came from rat poison. Yeah, and somebody took it and realized somebody's blood was thinner, so they started giving it for people who had clots. <laughs> okay, they just fade in. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a really smart point, <laughs> but it's not. But like, it is 
Yeah, that's so interesting. But like, even I look at my dog whenever she's got a sore stomach, like, I don't know, she'll go and know to eat grass. You know, it's just like, how does yeah. yeah. Like, we do need to listen to ourselves more. Absolutely. Or like, if you're like, eating a load of crap, you shouldn't eat any more crap. <laughs> so, that's not something we would no. ever do. No. Do you know what else is about like, menthol? My mum did a clinical trial for like topical menthol and capsaicin. Do you know like chili? Oh, they put them on nerve pain, chili cancer pepper. pain, and it helps. That's so interesting. Mm. It's so interesting for it. And um, oh, there was another one that I was going to tell you guys. I think of it. But what about a hangover? Eat some honey and drink lots of water. Well, we all know that, but. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Do you have any any other things? You what about endometriosis? <laughs> I don't think that'll be listed either. <laughs> but anyway, there's Men's, no menstrual cycles. Anything to do with like PMS? Women's well, we did that not period pain. Period pain. No, but anyway, um, what's what's this one? So there's like faith cures as well. So this, like the book is so good. It's all, it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. It does all like faith cures and, you know, so they would like that Padre Pio's thing, you would rub that on the affected area and like all that kind of stuff. Like I remember I used to get tonsillitis a lot and my mum would have like rubbed my throat with the Padre Pio thing. What is that? It's a bit of his like glove or something. (laughs) That's the thing, I really stank of roses. But now if I smell it now, it doesn't smell of roses. Although you're saying it like we know and we're like, well, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> where do they, um, they, so that's like a sort of re relic thing, isn't it? So where do, where do you get that from? Where do you get it from? Or can you not say? No, no, I can't. Um, like, it's weird. It's just like passed around. Like mm. people would it'd be passed through like parishes. Like, um, or like I have an aunt who's a nun. I remember we she was over at the house and we were talking about blah blah and she's like oh the the scene for that is Saint Faustina she was like I think I have a bit of a femur and she opened her bag <laughs> she had some like part of Saint Faustina's femur like a human femur that, yeah that's crazy Mad. it was so weird is but it, like my parents didn't even blink like anything <laughs> <laughs> like that you have heard that's like bad luck grown up. Yeah, like, well, I don't know, like, something in our house, like, would be, you have to, like, go out the door, you come in, you don't, you don't leave through different doors, so if you came in the back door, you leave through the back door, or, oh, you spilt salt, you throw it over your left shoulder, yes, yeah, yeah, or, like, you never stir a cup of tea with a knife, who would, I don't know, animal would do that <laughs> I mean I have drank out a frying pan at a party once so I'm not one to judge anyone <laughs> um that is so fascinating and um is there anything about like like sleep stuff like sleep paralysis or anything like that would that be anything that was or bad dreams yeah like if you know well it's not really a bad dream but um you know if somebody dies in your in your dream it means that somebody's pregnant yes yeah i heard that before but apart from that not really but i don't know i kind of i would have been really frightened by all that kind of stuff whenever i was younger because i think the magical thinking kind of element of it really scared me mm-hmm. because i i do wonder like are we are societies that are brought up with all these kind of superstitions and rituals and stuff more prone to things like ocd 
<laughs> like we can both vouch for you guys. <laughs> but you know, like you, you know, oh, because yeah. of the ritual of it, or like touch wood. Like I do that all the time. time. I do that all the time. Yeah, I I can't walk over three James. So that's bad luck. Yeah. So there's a magic number three, which exists throughout all religions and all cultures and it's all like you know you do something three times or because jesus died when he was 33 at 3 p.m it's almost like planting a compulsion eh? yeah like i I wonder if research has been done but then again like you know stuff we do or stuff you know somebody would do in society that we would say is really strange might be totally normal in you know west africa where there's loads of like voodoo Mm -hmm. which is whatever um yeah it's weird yeah and what would what would certain like like roses was i keep calling it saint patrick but it's not that <laughs> is there anything else patrick like that that you would know who's there from certain things like obviously the banshee you would hear screaming um like saying if there's a certain saint would there be a sign uh i don't know um <laughs> There are. <laughs> I, there are. <laughs> there probably are. Like we, like Irish people, love their saints. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's What's the significance of the black cat over there? Because I think that's much more superstitious in Ireland than it is here. For instance, like I've heard that there's like if the if, is that true or is that yeah. just like those aren't like black cats? Yeah, Jordan. No, because like it's you know it's, if you're gonna go and set sail. You know, and a black cat crosses the road before you go out on a journey. It means you're gonna, you'll not make it back. Is that not normal? Is do you not know that? No, yeah. no. It's, there's just travel. Same with like if you come across like a redhead or like a ginger-haired person before you go on a boat. Well, I saw you forgot to say that home, <laughs> and I made it back. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm alive. Why are you breathing? Was there anything with water? Like that lake thing we Yeah, I said about that. Um is there anything with water? I don't know. Fully look it up. There's anything you were scared of apart well, apart from like everything, obviously, but like was there any talk of like if you're bad behaved fair you might be too much. <laughs> was there anything like if you act bad, this ghost will come or this person will come or Oh like um I don't know. I think it was just like the general Catholic guilt. That's fair. Because like, if you didn't eat all your dinner, oh, the, Emma, those starving children in Africa, God love, God forgive you. And you know, like those children would love to have that bit of toast. You need it. <laughs> God forgive you. That was all of it. Like, yeah. I have heard. Um, I have heard a Celtic. Uh, it's more specific to Ireland as well. There's like a what is she called? We we spoke about it earlier. It's like a the washerwoman who apparently, if you see her, someone dies, or she gives a piece of cloth to you, or something like that. Was, Am I making that up? Is that not part of the banshee? It's like a form of banshee, yeah. But she's like, she basically can appear like, again, like you were saying earlier about the banshee and stuff, she can appear beautiful or old. Mm-hmm. But it's to do with like, if you see her bathing herself or something, I think you did talk about it. I did, I did. Let me get the name because I've got my notes here. Um, but yeah, I find that I super that interesting. Scottish, Celtic? It's similar. There's definitely one in Ireland as well. 
Um, crossover. We're all the same, us Celts, aren't we? Really? Oh what yeah. we like, totally. What we like. It's just that the Irish are just a wee bit more embedded in like religion, I guess, than we are because we have we're like evolved. Like you know, not that we're not as evolved, but like society hasn't moved on and you know become as secular as it has with you. Like, um... I know. I remember the Irish in work, Lauren, and you'd probably agree with me. Like, it would be we not weirder that's not the word i mean it would be rarer at home if somebody went to church yeah by a million miles really oh, I, I thought most people like, i know will have never said put in a church really that's mad it's because well it's, are we not uh, we are predominantly a, a protestant country and most protestants are kind of like not really that arsed catholics still go to mass but not as much as they used to i, mean, I went to catholic yeah. school and I, I i don't concur with that <laughs> i know not a lot of people went from there either. See, I think we're getting more like that. Like, it's only kind of in the last couple of years that I stopped going to mass, and I was only going to mass out of guilt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, of course. <laughs> well, I've got it here. It was been knee. Why do you say that? Ban Neha. There we go. That that, but that's Scottish folklore. So ban, they have ban is Irish for woman and then it's little is, washerwoman or little washer. But Neha to me would be, I don't know what that is. It sounds more Irish than um, Gaelic. No, but it's saying it's Scottish. It's Scottish, but it's so ban, well, in, it also says ban Niachain or Niachnehath. I said it exactly like that. <laughs> um, I know our pronunciation to our episodes of Gaelic has been horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. My mum's so learning. Bad. My mum's learning it on Duolingo. I hear her in the oh, back. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like here's the there's you were talking about water, and it says mm-hmm. there's somewhere um, in Ballyshannon town in South Donegal. Apparently, what you have to do is wash their feet. They've to wash their feet in the in the sea and then gather fifteen pen, pebbles, and then you have to drink three times from the well, and then get this blessing done. And then you should walk clockwise around each of the stations. So it would be, I'd say, it would be the stations of the cross, so like Jesus, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and leave a pebble um, at each one, praying that our Father, heal me, and glory be at each one, and that you have to do this all twice. Isn't that mad? Like, that's a lot. That's so time-consuming. <laughs> Isn't, Isn't it? it? Like, like, that'd be a full day. But, like, my, like my, I still, all my relatives would still say this prayer called the nine hours, like, and it's where you do this prayer every hour on the hour. Like, in anticipation of, like, something coming up, like, say somebody was getting surgery or going for an exam. You pray every hour. On the hour, this big, long prayer. Like it's my, it's some undertaking. I just am too lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Same though. But see see that ritual there though, that's like a combination of what would be more paganistic with religion, with with Catholicism, I suppose. But like Catholicism is so ritualistic. And if you look at it like Mm. from paganism, it's totally, and like even, you know, Sheila in the gig, do you know Sheila in the gig? Yeah, so it's like this woman, this like creature woman, is this woman, isn't it? 
Mm-hmm. She's like wee statues on top of a lot of churches and she's like opening her vagina. But she was a pagan goddess, but then the Catholic Church took her on. I'll show you a photo. But um and even St. Bridget, she was actually a pagan. Mm-hmm. And she was like an abortionist, and there's a whole thing. But then Catholicism came. And are they derogatory about these women? No, they worship them. Well, they're still deities. But they, yeah. her, they literally have her with her vision out. Yeah, she learned they did. I was going to make a candle of her, but the pagan version of her. I can't remember what she's called. And Well, she learned a gig. Yeah, I don't know. Oh my God, she's on her vagina. <gasps> well, <laughs> what a babe. <laughs> <laughs> Is she single? <laughs> oh my God, sign me up. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, what age is she? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and what is she meant to represent i think it's like fertility and stuff all right okay fair just opening up that portal. <laughs> so yeah, portal to me. yeah apparently there's some in around county Kerry, turley and then in her her for sure an exaggerated vulva yeah <laughs> they hit the nail on the head on wikipedia <laughs> oh the carvings have um, may have been used to ward off death, evil, and demons. Other grotesque carvings, such as gargoyles and hunky punks, one of them, um, were frequently <laughs> part of the church decorations all over Europe. That's so cool. Sorry, it's nothing really to do, but I don't know. I thought it was something to do with fertility, but maybe not. Oh, yeah, <gasps> fertility. Sorry, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, something to do with birthing stones. That's wild. But, uh, you know, I don't know. And then did you see that post that was going around on like Instagram and stuff that showed like a snake with its mouth open? Well, it looks like a vagina. It is. All right. <laughs> and it's like proven. <laughs> and it's like, well, here, what what more proof do you need that like, you know, God creator, whatever universe is female? Oh true. Modern's like Gaia. Yeah. That snake single. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Single, single. <laughs> We're like, this is the level of wingman and that, Lauren. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, she for 25, 27. Like, oh, <laughs> what does she work as? <laughs> What's her job? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, lovely. That's, That's weird. Whoa. And also, Whoa, yeah, the vagina. This... Nature, nature's gift. What is a woman choosing? Yeah. And also, the, be, the Friday the 13th off. Like the Friday Thirteenth, how we've been, like socialized, think it's bad luck is actually like the patriarchy again taking away power because apparently it's when women are the most powerful spiritually, like witches were the most powerful yeah. on that day. No, you see, that's what they don't want us to be. What's <laughs> <Is> that? <laughs> nice. I <laughs> <laughs> thought. Um. Is there anything? We didn't shave. <laughs> we didn't anything shave. else? <laughs> that we've missed so i was gonna ask as well there's a whole thing about irish like like you guys are really into your ghost stories now we tell ghost stories at like sometimes at christmas time that was something that was introduced to me much later in life but irish like history is like you do it all the time right it's like proper part of the the culture like for a night in or whatever (laughs) yeah like a wakes no way do you have wakes? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, for Catholics, yeah. So, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but like the Irish storyteller or something is called, is a Shana Key or something? And it's like, so it's all these, it's all to do with the oral tradition and all the stories passed down like through word of mouth. And this one, a Shanahi or whatever it's called, I don't know, um, comes to the house at a wake and tells old stories throughout the night to keep everyone so cool. entertained so that, you know, if the person wakes up, the dead person. That's the, the do you know the origin of awake? No. no. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> and right where does it even start? right there's different ways of kind of looking at the origin of wakes but one is whenever like so do you know what potching is okay um potching is an alcohol made from uh potatoes and it's really really strong whenever you come over we should have some What's, does it taste definitely horrendous like? oh sorry <laughs> It's really bad. No, it's really Okay. And it's it's really I don't enjoy it at all. Um it would knock your socks off like um but is anyway it, is it not just like vodka? Surely. It tastes like vodka. Like I'm pretty sure I'm get, it's given like absinthe vibes. Yeah, it's like absinthe. It's like moonshine. Wow. I know. Really um sorry. I wonder if this will come up. I don't know. It's Irish moonshine, but I'm not. I'm not sure how much is in it. But um, how do you pronounce it? Potching. There's there's like similar ones all over the world. Um, oh my god, this is never my brain. What is it? It can be up to ninety percent alcohol. Yeah. You. Oh my god, that could like kill you. Yeah. Just kill everyone. <laughs> so the first um draw of. Right, so say you distill the potching from the spuds and then the first one of it will be full of methanol and obviously if you drank methanol you'd go into a coma and potentially die um, and so that's why they had the wake because if you drank the first um you know kind of draw of the potching you would have gone into a coma for three days and so that's why they would have had a wake to see if anybody was going to wake up Oh my God. You know, like so, so oh. they thought maybe it was just watching. Do you know All right. Well, no, 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 you are. So it's like it was the wake was just to see if they wake up. Yeah, it, exactly. And then, have you heard like you know if somebody's really, really drunk or like has gone mad, has got some type of or brain damage or something, they would have said he's away with the fairies. Mm-hmm. Have you said mm-hmm. that? Well, yeah. so what they did is whenever they took the first, um, you know, glass of potching out of the distillation, they would have thrown it into the field over by a hawthorn tree and they would have given it to the fairies so if they didn't if somebody took the first drink and became ill <laughs> and mad and brain damaged um they would have been away with the fairies we spoke about that in the first part of the episode about the hawthorn trees and everything yeah that's so cool yeah so the wake was to see if they woke up that's so interesting yeah i never knew that yeah it's amazing wow it's really yeah so that's that's why we have wakes so even so even this the ritual of death and the wake and everything like that is also tying back to like celtic sort of spiritual sort of connections you know what i mean it's so weird yeah because i guess you know i remember going on a tour one time and the guy the tour guide saying 
you know, it's so intuitive for us, you know, we would go and check somebody's pulse or see if they're breathing or whatever. But back then, people didn't know to do that. You know, yeah. they didn't realize that was a sign of life or whatever. And so they would just wait. And then again, do you remember that whole thing about the dead ringer that we were talking about and having mm. the bell and if, if somebody rang the bell and they were still, they were still alive. alive? Yeah. And consumption. I can't believe um, I was telling Lauren that you, we were just talking about it at dinner, the, like consumption. And then, then Emma went to that bar that had a poster of what to do if you suffer from consumption. Yeah, it was mad. That's so strange. Yeah. I could not believe that was wild. You should so do an episode on that. Well, it's on our last. Oh, was it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we touched upon it in the last episode because of the vampire like fever of New England because yeah. all these people kept dying of um, consumption and people started thinking it was a vampire that yeah. was doing it to everyone. Yeah. So. I think I told you on Friday about the the girl who whose father took her back up from the grave and they made him like drink her ashes off her yes. heart and shit like that. I was telling the guys about that. It's not even that long ago. It was the end of the 1800s. Was That's it? mad. Yeah, it was like... Like, her dad, who had gone through all of this, had lived to see the TB vaccine get made. Like, it was that reason. That's mad. Yeah. You should do, like... Would you do an episode on, like, workhouses and that kind of thing? Like, why people went into workhouses and stuff like that? Well, I haven't even thought about it. It's like... We could, yeah, we could do if it's got some paranormal link. Okay. We could link it to haunted <laughs> workhouses. <laughs> That's true. I'm sure there'll be haunted workhouses. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I'm sure there will be yeah, one. Especially here. Because mm-hmm. you could probably go and tie it in with like Magdalene laundries and all that stuff. Yes. Here. Well, to end with, what is the, what is like a good ghost story that's like Ireland specific that you know? Like, what's the scariest one you've heard? I'm not meaning to throw you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> You have loads. You've told me loads. I think we should get your driver now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, my my driving instructor was the one who like introduced me to a lot of stuff. Yeah, Nail oh from Nuri. I've told you about Nail from Nuri. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my word! He is a font of knowledge. Like um, the scariest one. Look, I don't. I don't know. I'd have to. Oh, I don't know. I should have looked into that. I didn't realize. No, no, no. But there is one from like where I'm from, and it was a girl called Pearl, Pearl Gamble, and she, I think actually the guy who was convicted of her murder was the last man hanged in Crumlin Road where we're going. Uh, <gasps> there's actually a book on him, Last Man Hanged. I think it's called maybe. But anyway, um, I was on a ghost tour with my brother, and we were beside her grave. And the guy was telling us all about, you know, the story. And she was at a dance, like a disco, as it was called. Um, and she was on the way back and she never made it home. And she was like attacked and sexually assaulted and murdered and stuff um, by this guy. I can't remember what his name was. I really should know. Um, we won't give him your time because he's no. an arsehole. But anyway, um, and when we were at the grave, it started getting really, really stormy as he was telling the story and a tree fell and it was <gasps> so freaky. Like it was unbelievable. Like it was really, ah! it just felt really wrong. But apparently his, her mum, God love her, like I think she spent the rest of the, her life just 
totally catatonic. Oh, that's awful. Or, you know, she was shaking back and forth saying oh. per per pearl, per pearl, which is a tongue twister, but it's not horrendous. That's awful. I actually it's I can't, you can't imagine can you like going through something like that but that's one that's like i mean you've like half a mile from my home and we when we were out for dinner ages ago and we spoke about the hellfire caves and you had said there was quite a few places like that with hills that were demony oh my word sure we went up um uh cave hill in belfast and we were it's really early one morning we were doing like a sunrise thing and saw like this wee standing stone um, and I had like salt all around it and that's like a demonic thing and but like back in I think it was 70s or 80s in Belfast there was a whole thing where there was like supposed to be a satanic cult in Belfast like a huge huge satanic cult and it turned out that it was actually the British army who were telling people that there was a satanic, satanic cult, cult that meets up at the top of Cave Hill and it was to stop people going up Cave Hill so they didn't mess with the transmission and uh, so it was all like a big hoax mm-hmm. but there was salt when you but there was salt when we went up like a huge big thing but there are we also have these things called dolmens do you have dolmens at home dolmens are like Maybe. standing stones type things and people oh yeah we have we have them yeah yeah, yeah people like you would throw a rock whenever you're down you could go to and um, you'd throw a rock and if it landed on top and didn't move then you could like make a wish oh and then yeah it's like was- stonehenge vibe yeah, that kind of vibe. Yeah, they're it's all like, written. yeah, it's interesting. And then we have like Newgrange and all that kind of thing. What's that? Newgrange is like a Neolithic burial tomb type thing, I think. Megalithic, maybe? I don't know. Um, And it's all like super spooky. Oh my God, we've got so much to do, Lauren. You're going to have to come for another weekend. Yeah, I think so. I know, I know. I wish I was coming for longer. But yeah, that sounds amazing. Thank you so much, by the way, Emma, for taking us through that history of Celtic stuff. And- I love how you were like, I've not really got stories, but here's the ghost. Yes, i You're your man, Niall. Yeah, from Nudie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my word. He, I remember him telling me this story about his son who was only like he was still in a cot at this stage and they would have heard him like you know laughing and kind of playing on his own and we're like what are you doing blah blah blah. and he was like oh I'm just playing with Joe and they were like what what are you talking about Joe anyway before this wee boy was born or while the his mother or something was pregnant I think um the mother's father died and then this boy then later, I think that week, proceeded to go down and look at a photo and was like, Joe, and it was the Granda. Like he was looking at this photo of, and they had never mentioned that they would have called him Granda. They wouldn't have called him Joe. Mm. But he was like, Joe, it's Joe. And he comes and sees me in my room. Like how oh freaky. God. But then there's sometimes I'm like, Nala, you have me on. Well, thank you so much, Emma. That was so good. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you in a couple of weeks time. See you next time, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.